Okay, so let's go to the end of the decade, 1929, the stock market crashes. But why? Where was the government and the Federal Reserve, which is supposed to keep the banks in check? Well, it was it. What happened is the Fed had raised rates at the beginning of the decade, and then it kept rates very low in the middle of the decade. And it did that with an eye to helping Europe. Remember, we'd all just come out of this war. So we're going to keep our interest rates low relative to their rates so that people will invest there. Well, of course, that made it easier to borrow money in the United States. So there was too much borrowing of money. It was too much borrowed money chasing too few good assets. So there was a sort of no holds bars, we'll lend you money. And if you keep lending people money to go out and buy something, you've created an, a demand that you can describe as artificial. So it's it's a bubble. And the Fed was so worried about doing anything, of lowering rates, because they were afraid of piercing that bubble. Mm-hmm. But they had helped create it. And by allowing it to go on, they allowed it to grow bigger. So eventually, it's unsustainable. And then you had Black Thursday, where you had the real bloodbath. And when the dust had settled, stock prices had fallen 85% from their high. So it was a big drop. And people lost their shirt. I mean, it was a total disaster, right? Wall Street just got wiped out. And, and that made a lot of people freak out about getting their cash from their banks. But did the government know how to stop people from having a run on the banks? Well, remember, there was no deposit insurance. So Mm -hmm. people were running to their banks and saying, we want our money. They were afraid. And so right after the crash, you had about 30 to 40 percent of the banks in the United States fail in about three years. (laughs) And the Fed didn't exercise its authority as a lender of last resort. Mm -hmm. The Fed has this very powerful tool as a central banker where it can go in and give them cash so that when everyone comes running in and says, give me my money, give me my money, you have the cash to give them. And this is called the paradox of banking. If you can go in and get your money from the bank and you know you can, you don't want it. But if you think there's any chance you can't get it, that's when you show up and say, fill, fill, my, fill the suitcase with my cash. <laughs> give me my money. OK, so, so the Fed had the authority to give banks money, but it didn't do that. And that's when tens of thousands of banks failed and people lost their life savings. Yes, things were so dire. 25% unemployment, 10,000 banks failed, contraction of credit. So it was a pretty grim time. Once I built a railroad, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once I mean, we've I all heard stories about the Great Depression, which actually sound a lot like what people are going through today. Like so many people losing their jobs, being evicted from their homes, bread lines. But then... 1933, right? That was kind of a pivotal moment. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, comes into office, and there's this sort of sense that the government needs to be more responsible going forward for the health of the economy. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Up until this point in the American psyche, people did not look to the federal government, the president, let's say the president and the Fed, as the keepers of the economy. So FDR coming along came into a crisis where the banks effectively, as an industry, were crippled. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. And so what he did is he declared a bank holiday and said, everybody, just stop. We're just, you can't get your money. We're just going to take a brief, a brief breather here and let everybody (laughs) calm down. This bank holiday, while resulting in many cases in great inconvenience, is affording us the opportunity to supply the currency necessary to meet the situation. So much of what happens in a crisis, not all of it, but so much of it comes from the fear of not knowing what's going on. So he comes along 
and all these banks have failed. And there's been this idea that's of insuring deposits at banks to prevent these runs so that people won't go and run every time there's a financial problem. They won't go and run and demand their money because they know it's guaranteed. After all, there is an element in the readjustment of our financial system more important than currency, more important than gold. And that is the confidence of the people themselves. And so this was the start of deposit insurance, like that FDIC sticker that you see on the front of a bank. And and it meant that if I put my money in the bank, the U.S. government will guarantee that it's safe. And that was a big deal, right? It was a huge deal. Deposit insurance changed everything. Overnight, bank runs stopped. They stopped cold. And, you know, the bank holiday was lifted. People had deposit insurance. It literally stopped it overnight. Now, during the 30s, you also had lots of other changes that were put in place. You had the creation of the Securities and Exchange Commission. You had standardization of accounting rules. So there were a whole series of laws put into place. And deposit insurance, while it was put in its effect is to make individuals have confidence they can get their money out of banks. But the real reason, the real purpose of deposit insurance is to keep the economy stable and prevent the kind of runs on banks that have destabilized the economy. Hmm. 